So this morning I'm going to share about the early day church. Well, let's look at the early days of the church. The members of the early church still saw themselves as belonging to the Jewish religion. Even though they now had a revelation of the life of Jesus within and they understood the work of the Holy Spirit. But there was not a concept in their minds after Pentecost that they wouldn't go to synagogue anymore. They would not only go to synagogue, they would love to go to the temple. And they would go to the temple in times of temple prayer and observe the Jewish regulations. It took a long time for the church to understand that they were now not under the regulations and ordinances of the Jewish religion. But nonetheless, they had respect to the temple and to the synagogue. So, like good church goes every Saturday, they would go to church, as it were. That went on for a long time. But they could not celebrate their newness of life in the spirit together in the synagogue or in the temple because of the formal structure and liturgy. So what did they do? They met in households where they could grow in their new way of life and grow their new way of life together in an informal, friendly way and in the freedom of the spirit. So, I mean, they, can't, they couldn't just gather around in a small group in the corner of the temple and say, we're just going to now worship Jesus and share the testimony of Jesus. But the Bible says that this was a way that they could celebrate their new way of life. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, 42, it says this about the early church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, the apostles' doctrine, well, of course, this was what brought them the understanding of the new way of life. The early apostles spoke God's word and they spoke interpreting the Old Testament scriptures which described who Jesus was and they brought that into, into the revelation that the Holy Spirit gave them of who Jesus was from the Old Testament. But when they spoke God's word, they trusted the Holy Spirit to teach each person how to hear from Jesus. Their task, their mandate in God was to bring the people into a place of hearing from Jesus and how to live their life in partnership with him in a way that pleased the Father. It wasn't about what it looked like, the formality or any performance. Personally, each person was encouraged to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to them. And one of the ways that this was particularly intimate and so far as fellowship was around the communion table. But the Apostles' Doctrine was there to challenge these people and then also to make sure that the, the prophets and pastors and teachers would back up this teaching 
to each individual and to each group who gathered together in Jesus' name. That was the work of the teaching of the Apostles' Doctrine. So that they could build up their faith in their walk with God and come into the unity of the faith and begin to live that life. And there had to be some input. So that's what that was. This was something entirely new and scary because of the personal and individual freedom and responsibility that it brought. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no man can come to the Father except through me. And that became a revelation to them. And each one was on their journey, seeing Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. But then, the next thing that they did, they continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine and fellowship. Fellowship, the Greek word is koinonia, which means sharing. It's an ongoing conversation. It means to speak, to share together as well. But sharing the blessing of Jesus within me, that was their fellowship. That was their conversation. The Jesus within us life. So it's one thing to have the teaching of the word, which reveals Jesus through the word, the logos, and then people receive the, the word to their own hearts, which is another Greek word called the rhema, the personal revelation of his word, who he is. And so the community of faith became all of us together heeding and appreciating the experience of Jesus that another person had experienced. So that was the fellowship in the word of God, not just teaching, but sharing with one another. Their, their experiences would have been totally different, especially as you went out into different cultures and so on. There'd be different experiences, but the same Jesus, the unity of the expression of Jesus, the unity of the faith. Paul wrote to the church in Rome and he commended that church there on their inner knowledge of Jesus. And he was confident that they could speak comfort and wisdom into one another's lives. So now that's how we grow together as family. And that's practising to share the Jesus that we know with one another. And that becomes then the sharing of that same Jesus with people that don't know Jesus. Paul wrote to the Romans. Yeah, Romans 15 and verse 14. And Paul says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to put one another in mind of God's word. That's confidence. That is the living, growing church. And they didn't do that in the synagogue or in the temple. It started to come into homes. Many hundreds of years later, there were cathedrals. And a lot of things changed. But the river of life still flowed. Now we have options. But we must remember these things, which were, was the communion and the fellowship of Jesus within us and sharing that together. That's an ongoing thing. Breaking of bread was the next thing. We sit at table with one another and break bread and drink the cup together. Now, the interesting thing is there doesn't have to be an actual table just people of faith 
remembering the bread as the body of Christ, not just as a past thing, but bringing it to remembrance as a present experience, the body of Christ, Jesus, and us collectively as the body of Christ, and the cup as his life-giving blood. So that table is a place of the revelation of God to us, of who he is and what he does. And it's interesting, in the Old Testament, the word table, sulhan, means to spread out as a meal. The word table in the Old Testament does not describe something with a flat top and four legs. It describes what you do. You sit together and eat together and have fellowship. That's what at table means. So they were at table. And we read about Abraham who sat at table and offered three loaves of bread to the Lord Adonai. The Lord Adonai. That means the Lord Almighty God who revealed himself as God in the form of three angels came and visited Abraham. And we read in Genesis 18, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, bowed himself to the earth and said, Oh Lord, he didn't say, Good afternoon, brothers. He said, Oh Lord, if I have found favour in your sight, do not pass by your servant. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Please, quickly make three cakes of bread of fine flour. And he set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. And that was where he received the revelation from God that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. So you see, at table, sitting, brings about, for those that believe, a revelation of who Jesus is. That was the Old Testament example of that at table. We can receive that directly from the Holy Spirit, but we can also be encouraged by somebody else's testimony of who Jesus is. And that begins to build us together. King David sat at a table with the Lord in Psalm 23, and he experienced total security even in the presence of his enemies. And he received a revelation of the living hope from God for the future comfort and fulfilment in his life of dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. And the house of the Lord didn't have to be a temple. It was where God's people were together. It was where he was worshipped and welcomed. He was the life of that house. And in Psalm 23, the last couple of verses says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The two disciples who walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognise who Jesus was until the Holy Spirit opened their eyes and revealed the risen Christ to them. But that revelation came as they sat at table. In the New Testament, the word is cataclino, which doesn't mean a flat top thing with four legs. It means to recline at a meal, however you like to do it. But the main thing is you're together. 
relaxed at a meal. So they sat with Jesus at table and they broke bread together. And in Luke 24, verse 30, it says, When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. So there is this golden thread that there's a revelation of Jesus. When we sit together and honour him, have communion at table, as it were, sharing together in the bread and the cup. And, of course, the final thing that it says in the book of Acts, after apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread, is praise. Communion is a time to have prayer together at table. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and gracious in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So that was their church in the early days. It was people with the testimony of Jesus, with the revelation, with the Holy Spirit, and with one another, and sharing together. Not always as a meal, but where they were, a conversation. So we thank you, Lord, today for what you set as something that would last forever. Buildings come and go. Rituals come and go. But fellowship with you and communion with you and your living word abides forever. In Jesus' name, amen.